Hey, Cameron. Yes. Hey, hey, Kelton. Why don't you tell the people what we're here for? Uh, we're here to serve up those sweet little gamer goddesses and gods, uh, gamer news and press. Couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. Is that your plan for an intro? You're like, hey, I've been thinking of a really funny intro. Let's give it to Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) This week, Xbox introduced the enforcement strike system, or at least they announced it. Xbox's new enforcement strike system will educate players about enforcement severity, the cumulative effect of multiple enforcements, and the total impact on their standing. So basically... They're introducing the system where you can you get up to eight strikes before you get a ban, and I believe the ban is for a year, depending on the severity. But you can see all your strikes like on one little page. Uh, each strike stays on your record for six months, and then after that six months, it times out, so it no longer is counting towards that eight total. So, and also the strikes vary in severity, because like each strike is going to re- result in a suspension. But like it might be a one-day suspension to based on what you did. So this whole strike system, I thought one cool aspect of it is that it kind of protects the players in that when you do reach that eight-strike system and you get a long suspension, or even when you get a one-day suspension, you still have access to all your offline single-player content versus, I believe, in the past when you got suspended or banned or whatever, you lost all access to your microtransaction or purchase games, any of those, all that content you bought you no longer had access to it anymore. So this system allows you to keep your access to all that stuff. You just can't play online. However, the most severe violations, including illegal activity, Xbox will retain the ability to permanently suspend all functionality of an account, including access to purchases. So you still, you know, you can't, you can't do something terrible on your account. But if you're Rats. You know, cussing out 12-year-olds over and over and over and ignoring all <laughs> enforcements and you eventually get banned for a year... You could still play Skyrim. Yes, that's a huge win for us degenerates out there. <laughs> huge win. You can't do anything illegal, but you can belittle children online and still play Skyrim. So yeah, they didn't give like a list of like you know offenses that and and what their severity is, you know. So I don't right, know. So, I don't know yeah. what these people are doing that they're getting eight strikes. <laughs> I feel like eight strikes is a lot. Like, yeah, I, I feel like traditionally it's a three strike system, right? And I want, I'm curious the conversation that was like seven isn't enough, but nine is too much. <laughs> We're gonna hit him with an eight limit. And what if you're sitting at seven and you're like, <clears throat> man, I want to. I got to hold I'm it. I'm itching in. to do some bad I stuff. I got 25 days until the seventh suspension times out, and I can get another one. <laughs> That seems very forgiving, like wildly forgiving. And you said the offenses, the strikes are like doing illegal shit like on your Xbox? No, 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 no. The most severe violations, including illegal activity, those Xbox will probably permanently kick you off your account and you will lose access to your purchase content. So the key to min-maxing your strikes here, girls and guys, is you got to push it just up to a legal status you know just barely get up there just barely seven you, you want to go right below that bar and then you're you're in the sweet spot and then also like the the new they opened up a page where you can see like all your past strikes your current strikes whatever 
and so you can see like all the past ones that timed out and like what you got them for and like what your current active ones are for i don't know so it's a it's a whole new new system that xbox is introducing but i do like the aspect of protecting players who purchase their who have purchased content you know because people are always worried about losing their digital goods and uh this you know if you have like a anger management problem or something at least you get to keep your access to to your permanent your single player i think i think if you have like anger issues like (laughs) online multiplayer just is not the world for you (laughs) you are gonna get you're gonna spend a lot of your time very mad if you have like severe anger problems i spend a lot of my time very mad and i think i'm like a well-adjusted very calm person i i get angry from time to time have you ever had like a gamer rage moment Kelton? No, not really. And I've never gotten a, like a, a ban or suspension on anything before. I don't think we can all say that. So good for you, Kelton. Little little gamer angel over here. Next up on the news slate, Borderlands 4 had some drama. On August 11th, Borderlands 4 was seemingly confirmed by actress Angie Jolie, who added the game to her resume shortly after, however... Genvid Entertainment clarified the situation in a statement that Joe Lee is actually appearing in Borderlands Echo Vision Live, which is a Borderlands interactive streaming series that was announced in San Diego during San Diego Comic-Con in July. Joe Lee's resume has since been updated. But for those thirsty for some real Borderlands news, we seemingly have an all-in-one Borderlands compilation game coming, which was leaked through the South Africa Ratings Board in July. And the movie got a release date finally for August 9th of next year, 2024. So yeah, Borderlands 4, there was like a brief couple hour period where it was like confirmed and then it was like, wait, no, it's not confirmed. But, you know, I'm sure we'll get a Borderlands 4 eventually down the road. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain of that. I don't I just don't know if I'm like excited for a Borderlands 4. Like every new addition to the Borderlands franchise has just kind of been diminishing returns for me personally, Um, except for two. Two was really, really, really fucking good. Uh, and then a lot of stuff just after that was a little bleh, in my opinion. I really liked one. I really liked two. And I really liked Tales from the Borderlands. I did not finish three. And uh, what was that? It was like a little middle one, right? Uh, There's like a whole it was like prequel sequel or something. Oh, yeah, there was. They were, they're like on the moon. That was yeah, stupid. I played that a little bit. But yeah, Borderlands, you know, Borderlands, guys. Don't I know it? Don't you know it? Borderlands. You're making a lot of sense, Mr. Borderlands. Burns. Are you excited for Boy. Borderlands Echo Vision Live? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Those are just a jumble of nonsense. It's an interactive words. streaming series, Mag, my man. Yeah. Yeah, I love how experimental Borderlands is getting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving forward. Spider Man. Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, which is coming out in Octo- o- on October 20th, that's a couple months away, has been revealed to have some accessibility features through its PlayStation Store page, which was updated to include a Q&A paragraph on accessibility. These new features, some of them will include the option to slow down gameplay at the touch of a button. Players can slow down the action to 70%, 50%, or as much as 30% speed, and can switch back to regular settings at any time. I thought this was a really cool feature. I don't think I've seen this in any game before. I'm, I might have just not been looking for it, but I think it would be kind of fun to play Spider-Man 2 at like 50% or 30% speed. Cause like I was always a big fan in the skate games of hitting that instant replay and just watching some shit in slow motion. That but is in this. Sick. You could play it in slow motion. Is this the Sony Spider-Man that's yes. coming out? Yes. That's fucking cool. Um, 
for for a lot of reasons like for accessibility reasons like if you like can't play at the high speed regular pace of a game you could slow it down which is really inclusive and dope but also maybe you want to get those fucking sick ass christopher nolan cinematic shots where you're swinging through the fucking city you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying do you do know what i'm saying do you know do you know what i'm saying can you understand me cameron my i feel like i'm taking crazy pills over here modern warfare 3 (laughs) <laughs> I feel I feel like we've mentioned Call of Duty in every single fucking episode. I think Call of Duty needs to cool it with the amount of news that they're pumping out. Dude, I I agree, Cameron. I'm not the biggest fan of talking about Call of Duty just because it's such a you know everyone always always talking about Call such of Duty. a fantastic game. If you're listening to this, Infinity Ward. <laughs> yeah, Infinity Ward invite us to Infinity Ward parties. But in yeah. the new Modern Warfare 3 trailer... Where you give you an M16 and you do a bunch of, of drugs and, and molly. <laughs> and then... <laughs> what? <laughs> in the new Modern Warfare 3 trailer, there was a phone number in the trailer that gamers have been texting to unearth new... Inf- <laughs> 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 unearth new information on the upcoming entry. So through this phone number, it's been confirmed that there will be remakes of almost every Modern Warfare 2 map, like the classic Modern Warfare 2 map. So this is very exciting for me personally because I really like High Rise, and I've been waiting to play High Rise on a newer Call of Duty for years, I feel like, and <laughs> it seemingly has been confirmed. So I was like, man, I guess I'm going to have to buy this game. Also, for the first time ever, Modern Warfare is going to have a Zombies mode. Um, so that was also confirmed. That's massive. Zombies That's is just in everything, awesome. every Call of Duty now. It's it's a dominant alternative mode. Well, dude, they always had these like bullshit, like Spec kind apps. of yeah, like things that are like they're fun, I guess, but they're not zombies. Like I'd always rather to prefer to just have more zombies. So I'm glad they're finally being like, okay, let's let's give the people what they want. Did you play Modern Warfare 2, the last Call of Duty from last year? I played not like I didn't like jam on it. Like I would go to like friends' houses and play it essentially. Mm. So like bits Did you and pieces. Play the Spec Ops or whatever it was called at all. No, was it good? It was not that fun. Like, we, I played it a little Sweet. bit, and it was kind of like a zombies mode. Like, you have waves, and you're preparing for the next wave, and you're, you know, you're buying and upgrading your weapons and stuff. And you, But you could, like, drive vehicles around, so that was kind of funny. There'd be, like, you know, waves of enemies, and I'm, like, mowing them down in a Jeep. But then, of course, there's going to be, like, juggernauts and stuff that I can't mow down. So I, I played it for, like, an hour. It was, it was, it was okay, you know? And it's just, like, regular guys? Yeah, just, like, terrorists. I <laughs> they I feel I feel very conflicted when like cuz in modern, the first Modern Warfare 2 game for the Xbox they just had you in like a favela just shooting down like hundreds of locals <laughs> and like I like that just like a bunch of people who just live in the favelas and shit I mean they're armed <laughs> I guess but like I would so much rather just be shooting zombies I don't have to think of like the moral implications of what I'm doing you know what I'm saying Yeah <laughs> um so i feel like that might be like a, a chink in the armor of spec ops that might like take me out of the uh the, the power fantasy you know what i'm saying zombies, i need to stop saying that zombies i need to stop saying you know what i'm saying <laughs> zombies is a safe neutral option everyone can agree yeah. that zombies suck. yeah no one wants to be eaten alive that is a guy <laughs> i can get behind shooting you know i don't know the stories of these hundreds of people who are just rushing me with guns so just, does the juggernaut have a wife and kids? Exactly. I don't have to worry about that. <sighs> but you know how, what? You know what? Naoki Yoshida has to worry about. Hmm. He has to worry about how 
players are not all playing on the same console. Naoki Yoshida is the Final Fantasy XIV director and the producer of Final Fantasy XVI, and he was recently on a Taiwanese YouTube channel, Meow for Super Player, and he said that he wished there was only one platform that gamers played on, and he said it belie he believes it would be better for both players and the developers if players were just all on one system. How do you feel about that statement, Cameron? I mean... Does it get your blood boiling? It doesn't, it doesn't boil my blood, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like that he's just talking about one game company having a monopoly on games, honestly. Um, but, like, I would prefer to, like, be able to play games with my friends no matter what the system, but I just don't think that makes, like, logistical sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I believe that competition breeds just better content for the consumer. I agree. My, yeah. You know, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo and others constantly competing constantly trying to outdo the one another who benefits in the end we benefit and differentiate from themselves like i i, re I, I like i kind of like the the ecosystem of the uh of video games currently where like there's obviously like xbox and sony who are butting heads and trying to like best the other one with innovating uh uh either uh their hardware or having like getting more and more teams or uh, allocating more teams to give better exclusive experiences and then there's other people like nintendo who are just trying to completely innovate game mechanics themselves and separate them like themselves entirely by thinking outside the box with things like the wii and the switch and making entirely different pieces of hardware from traditional gaming the gaming landscape um and I don't think that would happen if it was all just under one umbrella. I think it would just be like a lot of similarities uh, in the uh, the uh, consoles that we play. I agree, Cameron. That is well said. Thank you. Guess... Do you know what I'm saying, though? Do you get what I, I'm saying? I think I do. Do you do you fucking understand me, Kelton? I think I'm grasping <laughs> okay, the meaning cool. behind your words. I appreciate that. So, in other news... Overwatch 2 is now the worst user-reviewed game on Steam of all time. Oh. Um, Steam 250 tracks the 100 worst Steam games of all time according to user reviews. Overwatch 2 has saw, a, on August 14th, I don't know if it's changed since August 14th, it saw a drop to 0.96 out of 100. These negative reviews are mainly stemming from the monetization that Overwatch 2 has seen following its transition to free-to-play. If you read the reviews, that's a very common thread. Uh, this follows numerous announcements that left a bad taste in players' mouths, including the cancellation of the PvE mode that was supposed to come. But according to a tweet from Daniel Ahmad, over two-thirds of the negative reviews are in Chinese. Ahmad pointed out that Blizzard's agreement with NetEase ended in January, which resulted in the widespread shutdown of Blizzard games, which caused Chinese players to lose access to their accounts and the ability to play on a national server leaving a negative review of the game on Steam may have become one of the only recent options for these players to vent their frustrations with the whole situation because and I say on, like only recently because Overwatch 2 only recently released on Steam giving the the review, you know, pathway an option. So on right. Blizzard's end, their response recently has been they told reporters it's calm on the declining player engagement with Overwatch 2, putting it down to the natural ebb and flow of being a free-to-play game. So, yeah. Damn. Overwatch 2 is just getting smacked on. Smacked on. Just like every every single bit of news is just getting worse and worse over the weeks. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's I, I rough out there. I want Overwatch 2 to do good. I like Overwatch. And, I, I mean, I like some Blizzard games, so I don't want all Blizzard stuff to fail or anything. But, uh, yeah, th- this is a real shame because this game had a whole lot of promise, you know? Who was your main on uh, Overwatch? Um, I... <laughs> I never actually played Overwatch, is the thing. I watched a lot of Overwatch, um, but I never actually played it, because I didn't want to pay $60 for it, and then now that Overwatch 2 has come out, I've heard like exclusively bad bad things, and none of my friends play Overwatch. So, kind of caught in this weird limbo. So... You've never even played Overwatch. Probably one of the probably one of the the, the hot ladies. You gotta you gotta love Trace Tracer. Here comes the cavalry, love. That one, I like wow. that one. <laughs> Did you play Overwatch? Oh, I played a lot of Overwatch. Oh, dude, I played the totally beta. Play some I, played, I played it for months. I yeah, I don't, don't play betas. I only play alphas. I've lost my interest in fucking Overwatch. Alpha dog. Alpha dog. <laughs> um. All right, I guess I have one little last discussion point before we can jump into just like what we've been playing recently or any any other thoughts we have. For sure. There was some recent controversy this week. I kind of I didn't plan on talking about this today, but we can jump into it. IGN released a video called titled Boulder's Gate 3 is causing some developers to panic. So this video, the summary of it was basically that IGN was pointing out that Boulder's Gate 3 is such a such an incredible game and has set maybe a new standard for what RPGs should have in them that it is causing some other game developers to kind of um kind of panic on like what they're making like maybe the standard the bar has been set so high that like they're no longer going to meet the standard their their games might be a disappointment in comparison to Baldur's Gate 3 it might result in gamers expecting the same level of quality that Baldur's Gate 3 has in future games which other developers maybe don't have the funds or time to to meet that that standard uh so this caused a shitload of controversy across the whole not only game journalism, but also just games industry with other developers being like, this is a ridiculous statement. It's not causing other developers to panic. Like this doesn't mean that every game has to meet this level. Um, other developers were like, Boulder's Gate three is just a result of Larian studios perfecting a formula. And that doesn't mean that everyone else has to like follow that formula. And I've heard from people who are playing Boulder's Gate three, that they are hope some of them even shared without any awareness of all this controversy, share the sentiment with me that they hope Boulder's Gate 3 has an impact on games moving forward where there's other games that follow in their footsteps. So I guess that's kind of like the root of some of this panic. Other journalists I've saw, like Jason Schreier, pointed out that Boulder's Gate 3 has a lot of bugs in it, so it's not even like it's perfect. So it's not even a, a new standard set. It still has a lot of things to be need to be fixed so i just thought this was it was all interesting you know when a new game comes out like tears of the kingdom or Baldur's gate 3 or, or elden ring which kind of like you know perfect certain genres or a type of game and i don't even want to say really perfect right maybe just the best so far or a shining example game of the year contenders i don't think that means personally that you know, every game moving forward needs to be meeting that same standard. Like after Breath of the Wild came out in 2017, sure there were a lot of copies, and and you could f- see games follow suit in certain mechanics or whatever. But I I didn't think that it meant every open world fucking adventure game needed to you know meet that same level of uh 
of satisfaction or yeah so like what what like what what do you think cameron as some, you said you were playing Baldur's Gate 3 tonight. You haven't played it yes. yet. I also have not played it yet. I'm very excited for the experience because of all the reviews I've read, and I'm a big D&D guy. And honestly, I think that D&D is probably one of the hardest games to replicate through a game. Um, and the fact that it's gotten such widely respectful reviews is really encouraging for me. Uh, but in terms of this uh, article or whatever, like... It just, it seems like, uh, I don't know, man, it seems just kind of bitch made in, in, my, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, what good does it do to be like, hey, this isn't the standard, guys. Like, don't expect this from us. Like, I don't see, it only makes, you, like, you look bad as a developer by saying that, you know? Like, you're saying, like, oh, we couldn't possibly uh, uphold this level of quality, which clearly it's very doable. It's very possible to do this. Like, Larian has done it. Just because they're they are a fantastically talented studio, but that doesn't mean like that other studios can't replicate that same quality. I don't know. It just feels like an unnecessary thing to say, and it's overall just like pretty diminishing towards other uh, studios. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. Like, I, I just I don't get why they they felt the need to make a public announcement like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean it's a weird subject to to point out like. You know, someone else is doing their homework, maybe perceivably better than you are. But I think like one of the sentiments that I want to like that I, that I share is that like not every game needs to be even measured on the same scale necessarily in terms yeah. of like, you know, there's there, there's so many games that are so different from each other that shine in different ways that like not every game needs to have as many branching dialogue options and relationship like options that impact the story like Baldur's Gate 3 has but it's great that Baldur's Gate 3 does have that and I hope that more games in the future do have that and might follow suit or take inspiration or like you know note how they did that so well Uh, but that doesn't mean that like you know the next Zelda game needs to have that in it yeah and there's there's tons of games that are better than Baldur's Gate I mean I'd imagine I'm I haven't played it so it could be the greatest game of all time uh, ever but I'd imagine uh that there are there are games that don't perform or do as like innovative mechanical things that uh, Baldur's Gate does with like the branching storylines and everything, but they could still be considered better games because of the stories they tell or because of the art style or because they thrive in their own particular niche. And that's the beauty about video games. You don't have to make one specific game in order for it to be a be- like a wonderful game, a successful game, you know, that you c- there's an unlimited amount of games that you can make and have them be incredible and they could be low poly they can be made by a couple of people and still be amazing they don't have to be like marvels in of ingenuity or anything i agree that is kind of like yeah that, that that's what i saw that all this controversy stir around and it was just kind of like huh like just a weird thing to even bring up but then that's what i'm saying like why the fuck like it <laughs> like you're like dissing yourself man like stop <laughs> Believe in yourself. You know, maybe you can make a game like Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> Believe in yourself. You got this. So yeah, Cameron, what what besides your plan to play Baldur's Gate 3 tonight, what have you been playing any any cool games over the last week since we last spoke? I know yeah, in man. one week Armored Core 6 comes out. We're one week away. That's really exciting actually. Um I have been playing uh some Inscription. Have you have you heard of Inscription? No, what what's what's that game about? 
It's, uh, it, I believe it came out, uh, like two years ago, I want to say the same year that Hades came out, I think. Um, and it's basically this game where you are in a cabin. I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll just give you bare bones. Uh, you're basically in this cabin and, uh, it's like first person view and you're doing this card game and you're playing this card game with like a serial killer. And, uh, you have to do like all these fucked up things like uh, like chop off a finger in order to like get certain cards and stuff uh yeah. and so like it's it's got it's kind of got like multiple uh gameplay styles in it where you're like doing the card game you're trying to solve the puzzles inside of the cabin to kind of get free and stuff and it's very spooky i like it a lot nice i'm surprised i haven't heard of this game i think you'd really like it it's a lot of fun and it's got like really good like ambiance and pretty good, like, shockingly good, uh, like, I'm a big card game player, and so it's got, like, shockingly good uh, gameplay for the card card game. Awesome. Anything yeah. in suggest inscription? Uh, yeah, inscription, uh, I've been playing a little, like, Apex here and there, picking that up, uh, a little bit of classic Tetris, you know. Do you just work in Tetris into the rotation? Like, always, man. Like, I always got Tetris on deck when I'm editing and doing shit like that. What it's just so like so hell? so mind numbing, man. I can do it like in my sleep. Wow, that's cool. I don't know anyone else that plays Tetris. Uh, yeah, I'm a very unique man. Such a unique guy. Um, awesome. I'm not like other girls, sir. I play Tetris. I play, yeah, I play Tetris. It's whatever. What have you been playing, Kelton? What have I? Um, playing some Apex. You've been watching. What have I? Okay, we're not here to talk about what I've been. <laughs> watching cameron okay that's for a different podcast <laughs> i've been playing i've actually been getting more into pokemon sleep <laughs> believe it or not i'm not kidding yeah i've been you speed know? running pokemon sleep <laughs> i begin 10 minutes every single 10 minutes <laughs> dude i'm gonna be honest it has gotten me to be like oh fuck my bedtime I, I like i should i need to go to bed around my bedtime and i hope that i do sleep well because like i'm trying to i'm trying to catch some some shit right I have like twenty three Pokemon or something like that. Damn. Um Look at you, yeah, you Pokemon Master. I haven't bought the sleep pass or whatever. There's fucking a fucking battle pass. There's a fucking pass for Yeah, it? there's a premium pass. Can you get skins? Um, no, I think it just helps you get like snacks. Cause like how you catch the Pokemon is when you wake up in the morning, you've usually through your sleep attracted like four to six Pokemon. And then you can feed them snacks, and they have a certain hunger meter. And if you if you max out your hunger meter, it'll be like max friendship, and then they're then they're you know considered caught. They're they're on your in your box or whatever. That seems like a much more humane way of catching Pokemon than like trapping them in a tiny ball. Like that's yeah. how you catch like regular animals. Typically, you like just like gain their trust slowly but surely, <laughs> and then they just like hang out around you, not like. Get in this tiny fucking ball and be my friend. <laughs> to get snacks, you have to you get one bonus snack per night, per night of sleep, or whatever. But to get more snacks, you have to like do certain challenges or like you know feed your Snorlax or get a certain amount of sleep or you know if you're in the premium pass, you're gonna get snacks more frequently. You can also get incenses to light while you're sleeping and there's different types of incense to light while you're sleeping that either help your Pokemon recover more energy through the night or attract new Pokemon. There's like a variety of different different incenses. Um, and the Premium Pass also gives you Dream Shards and Candies, which you can use to level up your Pokemon. And leveling up your Pokemon gives them new 
abilities, like whether that be increasing your inventory or increasing amount, the amount of berries that they can hold and gather for you while you're asleep or while you're away for the day, or like different types of food options, because every day you need to feed Snorlax breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, I mean, you can't skip it if you want, but if you feed him breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're constantly leveling him up, and leveling up your Snorlax makes it to where higher level and more unique Pokemon can come to you during your sleep in the night. Also, your Snorlax resets every seven days, so you want to be like consistent with it on making sure you're getting eight hours of sleep. Also, for the first time the other day, I took a two-hour nap, and you're allowed to do two sleep instances in Pokemon Sleep per day. So I was like, oh, I wonder what happens when I hit my second sleep instance. And it maxed me out at eight hours. And it was like, it even gave me a warning. It was like, you can sleep more than eight hours a day if you want, but you're only going to get eight hours of benefits or whatever from sleeping in the game. So I guess that's incentivizing you not to just like oversleep. Right. I feel like if I played this game, I'd be like one of those trainers that has like six ratatats, you know? (laughs) One of those Dude. guys who just like has like the most plain, lame fucking Pokemon ever. Well, that's like, all malnourished. That's the thing is each Pokemon uniquely attracts a different type of berry and a different type of food item and actually multiple types of food items per day. And each Snorlax, because you reset the Snorlax each day and there's actually different colored Snorlaxes depending on which island you you decide to spend that week on sleeping. Each Snorlax likes different kinds of food and different kind of berries. So you kind of actually w- want to swap your Pokemon around. Like right now I have, like I have, let's see, a Slowpoke, a Squirtle, a Psyduck. I don't know, but all of them, all these Pokemon that I have on my team right now get certain types of berries that my Snorlax currently really likes. And that helps level up my Snorlax at a faster rate, which, you know, in turn helps the whole team. So, you know, for a game about incentivizing sleep, I'm actually having a lot of fun with it recently. It's pretty in depth, which is cool. Yeah. You know, and I feel I, like it I has do, to be in depth if it's trying to incentivize a battle pass purchase, which I have not I, purchased. I, I am super uh, sus on battle pass <laughs> it, it, with like specifically with like self help apps. Just have like you buy the app, just buy the app for ten dollars. I'll gladly use that app. I don't want to fucking sign up for a goddamn battle pass so I can sleep better. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's just me. Who knows? Maybe can, I'm. Your I'm... sleep will be more fun if you just spend some money, Cameron. Yeah. Why sleep for free when you can give money to Nintendo to have virtual little guys on your phone that say "Good job for sleeping." But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for Press Y episode six. It has been a blast, guys. Um, like I said earlier, Armored Core Six is coming out next week. I guess this episode will come out before me and Cameron really have a chance to even play that game. But I am excited. Don't say Armored Core Six. Let's yeah. let's play it all in one night. Let's, let's maybe do I'll it figure in one go. something out. Fuck yeah! Uh, but thanks again for joining us, guys. This episode will will be uh will be posted. It will be posted. You guys can bet on that. <laughs> if you guys have any feedback, uh, compliments, you know, complaints, reasons why Cameron should try to get me to understand what he's saying, you can hit up <laughs> press y cast at gmail.com i wait every day for an email one day one day we'll get we'll hear word from the outside world (laughs) me and cameron are so lonely (laughs) please all i have to talk to is kelly he doesn't know what i'm saying i try my best yeah (laughs) thanks guys we'll see you next friday goodbye